Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through our examination of the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the fourth chapter, and we looked at the first verse in the previous episode. The first verse says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, we covered this in the previous episode, but just to remind you, you see what's going on here. <clears throat> Jesus had just come out of being baptized. And he says, then he was led by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit of the Most High God, by the Lord, into the wilderness. And the point and the purpose of this was that Jesus was going to be tempted by the devil. Well, why was that? Well, if for no other reason, uh, the Scripture tells us that he was tempted in all ways as we are. In other words, he's experienced all the various uh, types of temptations that mankind undergoes. Now, that doesn't mean that he was tempted to blow his horn on a car, okay, because he didn't have a car. <laughs> Not that kind of thing. But the temptations uh, that come our way that cause us to react certain kind of ways. He was tempted in like manner. Now let's continue on verse 2. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? So he's fasting 40 days and 40 nights. What that means is that he did not eat. And apparently he didn't drink either. He didn't eat and he didn't drink. So that begs some questions. What questions come to your mind when you see that type of thing? Think about it for a moment. Yeah, there's some actually some physiological things here which are really intriguing. Uh, you know, if you listen to what man says and what scientists say, you know, they'll say, okay, you can go X amount of time without food. And that's an extended period of time, uh, days and weeks and even months without food. But you can't go that long without water, right, without water. We're just told here that he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and that he was hungry, okay? So did he fast totally of food? Did he fast of water? Well, we're not told here at this moment. We're just told that he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and then became hungry. Most of us were going, are you kidding me? After day one, I'd be hungry. Well, Jesus experienced that too, particularly that third and fourth day. If you've ever fasted an extended period of time, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, But then once you get beyond a certain number of days, the physical part of uh, without food part of fasting uh, is not as difficult as it is sometimes in the earlier days. Why did he fast 40 days and 40 nights? Well, we're not told in this passage right here, but as I reference all the time, in John 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, he tells them, I mean, he's speaking to the Father, and he says, God, you know, I, I didn't do anything that you didn't tell me to do. Okay? I only did what you told me to do. And so uh, he was led to do this, fast 40 days and 40 nights. At the end of that period, Hunger came upon him. Okay? And there's a, a purification thing that happens with this type of fasting, particularly the 40-day and 40-night thing, an extended one like that. And he's come to the end of whatever it is that he has been doing, the praying, time with the Father, etc., etc. And then he's hungry. Well, it's at that moment, verse 3, 
And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Okay? And so this is when the tempter comes. And some people believe that he was tempted the whole 40 days and 40 nights like this with these type of temptations. And I understand the argument. Well, yeah, maybe perhaps. But more than likely, it's when he's at his weakness, weakest, right? When he's been 40 days and he's become hungry. Okay. Uh, it's interesting how the, the tempter comes. It says, if you are the Son of Man. And that if is really interesting, uh, the way that it's used in Greek. I'm not going to get into all the detail of that. I don't understand all the detail of it. I know that context reigns supreme as an all-word definition. And it carries one of two ideas, both of which could be applicable here. The if could be like, well, yeah, if you really are the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. Well, the tempter knew that he was the Son of God. He knew beyond its shadow of doubt. But the if can also mean this, that since you are, you know, since you are the Son of God, command these stones, you know, it's probably more of a the snarky questioning point of view from the tempter. Like, oh, okay, you're the son of God. I knew you when you were in glory and eternity. Now you've taken on, as Philippians says, you've taken on this body right here. So if you're really the son of God, why don't you just command these stones become bread? Jesus, folks, could have totally done it. But look what Jesus did. Verse 4. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he quotes the Bible. He quotes the Old Testament. And what we're seeing here in this time of intense temptation because of the intense need of Jesus' body at this time, what we're seeing is how to handle this type of thing, how to handle this kind of temptation. Jesus responded with what? With the Word of God. Well, let's go to verse 5. Then the devil, wait, 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 well, before he was called the tempter, now he's called what? He's called the devil. Yes, is that Diabolos? I think it is. Let me look. Yeah, Diabolos, the accusing one, the falsely accusing one, the slanderer. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, what's intriguing about this? Did y'all catch something there? Now, let me sort of warn you. There's a couple of accounts of this right here. Matthew's got one of them. Uh, one of the other Gospels has it, too. I don't remember which one it is. Maybe Luke. I don't remember. I'll check on it for next time. Um, but they actually have the, uh, there's three encounters here. And they have encounters two and encounter three in the opposite order. You know, you'll, so one time you may hear it read in church and thought, well, I thought the pinnacle was the third temptation, the pinnacle of the temple, and here's the second temptation. They're just in a different order. But what did you notice? Jesus, when tempted there the first time, says, no, no, no. He quotes scripture and says, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So then the devil takes him to the holy city, <coughs> stands him on the pinnacle at the top of the temple, and he says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Who's quoting the scripture this time? Yes, the devil, Diabolos himself, is quoting the scripture. The enemy knows the scripture. 
the enemy will quote the scripture and use the scripture and try to twist it to his advantage. So he's sitting here. The enemy is telling Jesus the absolute truth. Listen to it again. This is the truth of the word. He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. That's entirely true. But watch what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So the enemy was using Scripture, the truth of Scripture, against Jesus. Jesus just comes back and says, he's acknowledging, yeah, what you said is true. But on the other hand, it's written here, that you don't put the Lord your God to the test. Uh, we're going to stop right here. We'll pick up the third encounter the next time. But know this. Know that the enemy is sly. He's subtle. He'll use whatever he can to tempt and try to, to trip us up. But fear not, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the Word. We must, in the world, we must know the Word of God, folks. We must know the Word to where we can speak forth the Word and respond when the enemy comes against us. Jesus gives us the model here. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.